What's going on, fellas? Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What is up, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you with episode 46 of BD4. Uh, kind of an out-of-the-blue episode tonight, I guess. Um, you know how usually I'll have an episode out every two games to talk about the state of the Knicks. But if you follow my blog, it's my opinion at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Um, if you follow the blog, you'll probably notice that Every month, once a month, at the end of each month, I usually do a progress report on, you know, whether it's the Yankees that are playing in season or the Knicks. You know, I talk about the state of the team and each player I grade, you know, based off of how they've played. So that's what I do on my blog once a month. So I figured why not start that up, um, you know, and, and translate that into my podcast as well. So that's what this is going to be. This is going to be an episode on the Knicks and how their 2020 season has gone in terms of developing their young players. And we're also going to give grades to each and every one of the players on the roster. So yeah, that's what this is going to be. Um, Rob Carbone on a Monday night tonight is November 25th. I have class in the morning, so I'm going to try to make this quick. 11, 11 p.m. But um, yeah, so that's that. Just wanted you guys to know. That's what we're going to be doing tonight. And listen, it, it's it's hard to grade um, the Knicks because they're so pathetically bad. So like I said, what we're going to do, how these grades are going to work, they're based off of, you know, each individual's performance in terms of, you know, the, to help further the development of the team. So that's how I'm grading each player, how beneficial they are to help further the development of this young Knicks team. So... That's what we're going to go with, and so we're going to start with the New York Knicks. Um, I gave them a D-. minus. I did. I, I don't think it's gotten good, man. I mean, listen, you won 17 games last year tanking, right? That was pathetic enough, but you won out this offseason. It wasn't a great offseason. We know that. It was a pretty bad one, but you still got some more talent on your roster. You added Marcus Morris. You added Julius Randle. Um Somehow, somehow the Knicks have gotten even worse. Last year, around this time, they were four and thirteen. This year, they are four and thirteen. But it seems like they've gotten worse. Um, it's it's incredible, really. There, you know, there's no IQ. But first, I want to start with first. I want to start with their ISO heavy offense. There is no ball sharing on this team more times than not. You know, at least last year it felt like they at least moved the ball sometimes. They had stretches where they moved the ball. This year, I mean, again, part of it is the summer acquisitions. Morris and Randall, we'll get to them. But this year it feels like there is ISO, ISO, ISO about every other possession. 
And that's not how it works, guys. You're trying to develop a team, you know, where 11 of the 14 players are under 25 years old. That's not how you teach them basketball. That's the wrong brand to be teaching. So that's on Fizdale. It's on the players themselves. That's on both. You know, you've got, this is the, you know, we're in an era where ball movement is, you know, paramount. It's so crucial. It's important to move the ball this, in, in this age. And the Knicks, you know, are playing 90s iso ball all the time. We have Julius Randle on the wing, just iso. It's, again, we'll get to the individuals later, but in terms of the Knicks' offense, it's just, it's not pretty. Offensively, they play iso ball. That's the wrong way to teach them. Defensively, they're very erratic. Um, sometimes it's effort, sometimes it's just having no IQ out there, and sometimes it's the defensive scheme, right? David Fisdale's you know, point of emphasis seems to be the paint. Protect the paint at all costs. That's cool, I like that and all, but, you know, again, we're in 2019, you've got to protect the perimeter, and the Knicks are not protecting the arc. So much focus is on the interior, where guys, we're leaving guys wide open, uncontested for three-point shots at least five or six times per night. I mean, it's bad. So many three-pointers. We're giving up so many three-pointers this season. I think we're top five, or you could say bottom five in the league in that category. You know, whereas it's bad defensively. Um, We can't defend the dribble drive. How many times have we gotten roasted by a quick guard this season? Whether that be De'Aaron Fox, whether that be Kyrie Irving earlier in the year, whether that be somebody else. um, Who was it the other night? I don't know, but it feels like every time the Knicks play, play against a team who have, you know, a quick backcourt, they get roasted. They get the, destroyed off the dribble penetration, and guys are just easing their way to the rim, and a lot of that has to do with defending pick-and-roll as well. The Knicks have a terrible pick-and-roll defense. They get lost on every screen. The rotations are slow. It feels like they just, they're late on their closeouts. They have no clue, and it annoys me too because... They switch every single time. They're always switching on screens. And because of that, there are so many times where we are mismatched. Again, especially with a roster like this, I don't know why we always switch. Because we have so many power forwards, so many bigs. And this leads to so many mismatches, which is a reason we're getting destroyed on the dribble penetration. I don't like the idea how David Fisdale has his team switching on all screens. That doesn't make sense to me, and it's a big reason we haven't improved. No adjustments. There's never been a single adjustment. All season we've been doing this, he has not adjusted once, and we still continue to get roasted by it. Why not change it up? Change things up. So, (laughs) offensively stagnant, defensively we're erratic, you know, and just overall, I give him a D minus just because we're going backwards. Like I said, no fundamentals. No adjustments. David Fisdale doesn't hold his players accountable when they go ISO too much, when they do this too much, when they don't give effort on defense. No accountability. Um, you know, He puts out some weird rotations at times where you're going to scratch your head. How many times is he going to put out, you know, some weird lineup with Knox, Portis, and um, Julius Randle out there? That's kind of freaking ridiculous. Um, where are you going to get your defense? It's just some weird rotations. All this stuff just piles on top of each other, and that's where you sit. That's how you become... You know, a 20, what are they, 25% team right now? Winning 25% of their games, not even? It's not good. It's it's bad, bad, bad. <laughs> you know, all I wanted was a 30-win year. All I wanted was a 30-win season. And the most frustrating part about that is if the Knicks were either to just do a few of these things, like play hard every single night, or just make adjustments here and there, they would be on that track. 
But right now they're doing so many things wrong where they're way off of that you know, pace. I would love I would have loved to see them trend towards. So that's that's my Knicks grade as a team. They have a D minus for me. A D minus. Pretty bad. <laughs> as far as the individuals go, um, we'll start with the uh, starting backcourt. I gave Frank Nilakina a B minus because his defense has been spectacular this season. He's been so sharp on that end. Somehow it seems like he's improved defensively. Um, offensively, listen, we know his offense is, is not really great at all. We know he has trouble generating any kind of offense for himself. He can't create shots for himself. He uh, He's inconsistent off the catch. But... We've seen some kind of aggressiveness. We've seen some confidence in his last 12 games or so, where nine of those games, actually, in his last 12 games, nine of them, he's assisted on at least five or scored in double figures. That's probably This is probably the best statistical stretch of Frank's career. That's not saying much again, but considering how pathetic he was offensively for the first two seasons of his career, it's something you know to be a little bit optimistic about. So overall, in terms of impacting the team, in terms of helping the team grow into a better direction, I think Frank Nielakina has done a decent job of holding it down, a B minus. R.J. Barrett, a B plus. I think he's been the Knicks' best player. He's played in almost every game. Missed his first game last night. Um, I think he's played in every game. Um, he's scoring the ball. He's rebounding the ball. He's passing the ball pretty well. He's playing defense, which is standard out. He's a very well-rounded player, and the defense wasn't a thing we thought we were getting with him. We thought we were going to get a lot of offense, which is what we've had, what we've gotten. But the defense has been a pleasant surprise. I love to see, um, I love seeing the, the the defense from R.J. Barrett out there, He's playing well on the perimeter and inside the arc. He can defend pretty well down in that paint. So that's been a nice surprise. But yeah, overall, I think he's been great, scoring about 15 points a game, grabbing about six rebounds. Um, his only weakness, and we all know it. His free throw shooting. That is very, very bad. Um, Right now, he's under 50%. I think it's 49%. For a guy who gets to the line a lot, he's got to start hitting him then. And he hasn't shown much improvement. He's shown a little bit of improvement lately, but not enough to get me thinking he's changing things. But for an NBA wing, he's got to improve that free throw percentage to at least get it into the 70s. I'd like for him to climb over that 75% mark. But for now... You got to go you know, little by little, get that to the 60s, then get it into the 70s. So he's got to improve there. But all in all, yeah, he's been the Knicks' best player. B-plus for R.J. Barrett. Uh, as we move to the forwards, the starting starting front court, uh, Marcus Morris. I gave him a B-minus. Listen, I give him a lot of shit, but I thought about it some, and a lot of it is Fizdale. You know, Fizdale's letting him do a lot of things. Morris is going to play his game, right? That's... That's what he is. He's a scorer. He's uh, not a facilitator. And he's been a consistent scorer. He's averaging 19 points for the for the Knicks. He's shooting 51% from downtown. Last night he was, what, 7 out of 8? He hit like 6 or 7 in a row, too, from downtown. It was, he was on fire last night, and he's been on fire all season from 3-point distance. For some reason, he's having trouble inside the arc. But... You know, I like his consistency offensively. He plays some good defense. He's a good leader, nice mentor for the young for the young kids. Um, and yeah. He's gonna go ISO a lot. And that, that does, you know, like I said, it pisses me off a little bit. It's a pain in the ass, especially down the stretch when I would like to see RJ eventually be the guy, you know, because that's who the Knicks are building around here. 
But as far as, you know, all in all, I guess I, I give him a B minus. I wanted to give him a C plus, but I just felt like it was weird giving him a lower grade than some other guys. <clears throat> so B minus, give or take, though. Julius Randle, I gave him a D, straight up D. Um, listen, he's talented, but he's dumb. Okay, that's my thing with him. He's got a good, he's got a pretty high ceiling. That's the annoying part. But he, but unlike Morris, Randall doesn't play to his MO. He should be playing down low. He should be playing off the pick and roll as a roll man. You know, he should be occasionally shooting the three. But instead, he's jacking up about four or five, sometimes six three pointers a night, shooting them at, you know, a clip just over 25%. Um, He's turning it over a bunch. His turnover to assist ratio was not very good. I think he only has about five more turno- five more assists than he does turnovers. Um, and of the 17 games that Julius Randle has played in this season, 12 of them he shot under 45%. Yeah. Like I said, this is a guy who was supposed to be an efficient player coming here, and he's been everything but that. He's taking bad shots. He's going ISO too much. He's doing that stupid dribble move off the spin where he dribbles into traffic and spins and loses it. Um, and his defense, my goodness, the on-ball defense is actually pretty good. It's always been, he's always been a decent on-ball defender, but his off-ball defense is, it's terrible. I can't count how many times I see him lose his man ball watching or just be late on a closeout and his other man just drains a three and he's, you know, given that last second bullshit effort. He is terrible defensively. That's probably the worst part of of his game this season and that's saying a lot because he's had some bad moments. So a D, a D for Julius Randle. And honestly, that's that's a that's an optimistic grade there. Let's go to Mitchell Robinson, the starting center. Not right now, but the center, eventually going to be the starting center. Listen, this guy, you know, he he's per thirty six minutes, he's averaging a double double. Per thirty six minutes, he's averaging four blocks. But there's a reason why I'm using the per 36 stat. Because Mitchell Robinson cannot stay on that court. His discipline is terrible. These stupid, cheap, ticky-tacky fouls get him in trouble all the time. Whether that be jumping on the perimeter, you know, failing to stay on his feet, um, and just doing some dumb fouls that he does not need to do. He fouls so much that this guy is, you know, he's his own enemy. He's his own enemy. And it sucks because he's such a good defender. He's such a good offensive rebounder. He can score off the uh, offensive glass because of his soft hands. He's been such a great impact. And honestly, he'd be right up there with RJ, if not higher than RJ's grade, if he could just stay on the floor. But his his lack of discipline, his inability to stay out of foul trouble is the reason why he's only averaging 18 minutes a game. Sometimes he only plays 10, 12 minutes because he can't stay on that floor. And another issue um, is his durability. He's gotten hurt about three or four times already this season. And, you know, even when he's out there, sometimes it looks like he's grimacing or limping. Listen, his frame, he's got to get hurt a lot, and that's a concern. But all in all, I gave him a B- minus because he's still been a positive impact for this team. We just need to see him be out there longer. Now we go to the bench. Damian Dotson. I gave Dot a C, flat C. He hasn't found his rhythm yet since recovering from shoulder surgery. Um, but he does compete on both ends. So 
He's supposed to be a 3 and D player right now. The three-point shot is not there. It's been very bad, very erratic, but eventually I do expect him to get it, to get it going soon. But he competes on both ends, man. That's why I like Dot, and I like that he's back into the rotation. Dennis Smith Jr., I gave DSJ a C-. Yes, he's been better lately. I do like what I've seen lately, <clears throat> what I have seen lately, but, you know, he's also had a lot of defensive lapses. He is terrible defensively. Um, you know, you'll find me saying that with a lot of Knicks. Terrible defensively. Uh, it, with him, it's the good, bad, and the ugly, man. He he can be good. He can be good, but I'm not sure if that's going to be as a starter. If he ever does find a rhythm, I think he's better suited off the bench like he is right now. Give the Knicks a little bit of scoring. But poor defensively. Out of 10 games, he shot 50% just twice. Um, he over-dribbles a ton. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. We, we Knicks need a point guard. Knicks need a point guard. Because their starting a point guard right now is, you know, their starting point guard is Frank Nielkina. We all know he's he's been good, but he's no starting point guard. Wayne Ellington, C+. Slow start to the season, but he's gotten hot lately. 9 of 18 from three-point distance in his last three games. One thing I've noticed about Wayne is he likes to chuck that shit. He's going to fire it right off the catch. Um, and that kind of hurt the Knicks to, uh, you know, in the beginning of the season. But lately he's been hot and he's been key to a lot of late-game runs. The Knicks have went on. Kevin Knox. I gave Kevin Knox a D plus, man. Um, originally I had him at a C minus, but you know, he's been terrible defensively and his offense has even dropped off since the start of the season. I think in his last five games, he's shooting 24% from the field and 15% from deep. Um, but it's not the shot that I'm too concerned about. It's, you know, the shot selection. Sometimes he still takes those contested mid ranges. That's probably the worst shot you could take in the game. Um, and his defense again, it's terrible. On the perimeter, he's given up so many play so many threes. It feels like he's underwater out there sometimes. He just has this low motor to him that I really dislike. It seems like a lot of the times he's out there, he's playing just so slow and lackadaisical, and there's no excuse for that. That's why he's very one dimensional. He can shoot, but he can't do much else. He's shown flashes of flashes of, of good passing, flashes of finishing at the rim, but you know, overall, not a great rebounder, not a great passer, and just very inconsistent offensively, and the defense is just consistently bad. No improvement there. D+. Plus. And for Bobby Portis, I gave him a D. I mean, no defense at all. Terrible defensively. Occasionally, he'll catch a hot streak. Um, you know, at the three-point line or down the post with his little hook shot. But I don't like that he does not pass. Once he's in that post, he's not giving the ball up. Once he catches it outside of the arc, he's shooting that thing. I don't like Bobby Portis. He just needs to get off my Knicks by the trade deadline. <laughs> and I don't care what they get in return, just get rid of him. And last but not least, Taj Gibson, I gave him a B. I think he's very solid. He doesn't play a ton. He's been starting lately, but he still doesn't get a ton of minutes. But when he's out there, he's very solid. He brings his stability when Mitch is off the floor, either catching a breather, getting hurt, or, you know, in foul trouble. But um, Gibson's been good. You know, he stretches the floor a little bit offensively, can shoot up to 18 feet, occasional three-pointer. Defense is solid. He can rebound. He's been good and a good veteran leader to this team. 
And the three guys who I did not grade because they simply don't have enough playing time, Alonzo Trier, Alfred Payton, and Iggy. I would like to see Trier back in this rotation, man. I feel like the Knicks could have used him at the two last night instead of friggin' Kevin Knox. That was a dumb decision, but I mean, I, I feels like Trier's spot on this team is, you know, more and more it's becoming like he's maybe he'll get traded. Um, Peyton is out with a hamstring injury, hasn't played since the you know the fourth game of the year. Iggy has played sometimes, but it's those you know two minutes in garbage time. He's been back back and forth between the NBA and G League. I think he's back with us now. I would love for him to get some run because I really think he can be a part of this future here. He can be a part of the Knicks' foundation. But yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. That's my grade for this Knicks team. A D minus overall. Um, some players look like they're improving. Some look like they're regressing. Some more of the same. But yeah, things have got to change. It's not good in New York right now. It's it's very bad. And eh, I don't know what to expect going forward. Well, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to change. If I expected anything, I expect the Knicks to continue to suck. Because it just feels like under this front office, under this coach... That shit's not going to change. I mean, the whole Julius Randle thing, he's never being held accountable. Maybe a part of that is, you know, politics. Front office signed him to a big contract. They don't want to look bad. Maybe they're just going to keep playing this guy. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm on too, Fizdale too much there. Maybe it's more that, you know, he's trying to, trying to play Randle just to keep his job. But I don't know, man. Shit has got to change. It's It's not good. Yeah, I think they are deserving of a D minus because listen, when you're when you're trying to rebuild, you have to show it somewhere on the paper. I know it wasn't going to be a good season. We all knew it wasn't going to be a good season, but we damn well expected better than this, right? It should have been better than this. I don't think there's any any there's no excuse to play 200 ball for two straight seasons. Where's the improvement? We don't have any improvement. I just, I, it's it's bad. I just can't wait for that trade deadline. Oh my god. Just give me some kind of different product out there. So, maybe we can get a couple of picks in return. Hopefully a first rounder, but we'll have to put something together. We'll see. But that's that. That's all I got for this one. The Knicks will nick, and they'll be back out there on, uh, what is it, Wednesday? They're in Toronto. So that's going to be a fun game. God. All right, guys, thanks so much for stopping by. Rob Carbone, BD4, episode 46. Ciao.